Nobody knows really what happened, particularly to Helen, because uh, all these guys you talk to, that uh, the Helen of today is not the Helen of yesterday. Hello, welcome. It's season two, episode three of Politricking with TD Madia. Yes, yes, yes. My name is td madia this is a politics podcast brought to you by eyewitness news do i have a gripe this week let me think about it is there anything that's irked me that's annoyed me that's pissed me off this week in politics Mm, let me think hmm is there a possibility that nothing oh wait 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 i lie there is something that annoyed me this week something that i don't understand that played itself out in the country once more that issue of the ministerial handbook those amendments that were made where electricity and water generators are given to the president's executive but also that he signed off in a cloak and daggers kind of style like in a clandestine kind of manner where we don't know why and how the president suddenly signed off on all of these but anyway so he makes an about turn and we also have with that a very unusual happening where the union buildings have a media briefing that's a very rare occurrence it's not right that it's rare in a democracy we deserve accountability at all times from the highest office in the land and we don't have that but this week we had vincent maguena that's the president's spokesperson holding a media briefing and saying that the president is going to make an about turn on the ministerial handbook he's going to u-turn the decision and what he signed off off of rather those particular amendments are no longer going to be affected but he also does this after ministers spent days playing tibang tibang but left right and center he makes a u-turn after all of that leaving his ministers with egg on their faces that's another issue all on its own but we also have a president who seems to bow to social media pressure at the level that is beyond my understanding Twitter is not the country. There are so many more of us having a real experience of the country outside of social media. How do you govern at 20 tweets per issue? I really simply don't get it. Just last month, he rushed back home from the UK. Remember, he was at the funeral of the British Queen, I think in the UK. He was meant to go to the United Nations General Assembly. But hey, we have stage six load shedding back home. What does the president do? Oh, the country's outraged. Ooh, they're tweeting away. Let me go back home. But he comes back home with no solution. He doesn't have the tools. He doesn't have the call. He doesn't have, you know what I mean? He doesn't know how to have generators get to where they need to be he gets here holds a series of meetings is outraged and is understanding that you're outraged but we don't have solutions not immediate ones at least so i struggle to understand how this is consistently happening it also makes me think about his advisors i do think that the president must look around him look at his core and his advisors and be like but gents women team you're consistently embarrassing me surely Surely the president can see as a number one citizen that is consistently embarrassed by these knee-jerk reactions to challenges in the country, some of which I might argue that he should have long known. How did you not know that we will not accept these changes to the ministerial handbook? I mean, duh, duh. Talks around coalitions definitely continuing in and around the country. Ekuruleni seems set for a 
takeover, but there seems to be a lot of disagreements within Camp ANC. There was a motion of no confidence proposed by the ANC. From where I'm sitting, from what I understand, the ANC has been told to withdraw that motion, that now is not the time. It's a little bit too premature. So a lot still happening as far as the metros are concerned. The ANC wants it all. They've taken Joburg back. Mpopalati went to court this week. Mpopalati still continues to try and own at least social media space and speak about issues in Joburg. But the ANC is eyeing Mughali City, Ekuruleni, as well as Twani, with one of the leaders saying to me, we'll definitely have one more in our hands before the end of this year. And in the new year, we'll definitely target another. So very interesting things are going to unfold. Speaking of coalitions, Herman Mashaba, leader of Action SA, is not too far behind in the conversation about these machinations, these shenanigans that are happening at local government level. He's still refusing to work with the ANC, but this is a big issue in his party. Some feel you can't wish away the ANC, that it's a conversation well worth having and a relationship that you must maybe open the door to. He is in KwaZulu-Natal this week. We catch up with him via virtual platforms to hear what his thoughts are on the ANC, on Action SA, and this consistent need to go fishing for new leadership, for new talent in the DA pond. So this week, I thought, let's look at Action SA. You know, Action SA has now been part and parcel of the talks. If you speak about coalitions and what's happening at local government, you can't necessarily leave action is a behind i always remember 2016 when i think about him and mashaba i always remember how he was persona non grata at the start of campaigns in 2016 i remember in Sitsueta where the eff was having a briefing and i asked julius malema what is the issue that you have with him and mashaba and he refused to answer but what i knew at the time is that they were not willing to work with him and mashaba of course he went on to become Joburg mayor and was seen as somewhat of a phenomenon during his short stint in office he then went ahead started action sa and it contested the elections in 2021 the local government elections and found itself in what you might define as a sweet spot which is why i said you can't have conversations about what's happening at local government at least in gauteng without action sa being part and parcel of that they are working to make sure that they're not left behind in other provinces and other areas joining me now via zoom because i'm in Joburg and he's in KwaZulu Natal, which is part and parcel of that thing where they're making their presence known in particular areas. Herman Mashaba is speaking to me from KZN where they just announced that Zwakele Mwango, you might have heard the news, I think I spoke about it too, he just recently left the DA. He's now the Action SA Provincial Leader. Herman, thank you for making time to speak to us. Thank you so much, CD, uh, for talking to me uh, and uh, talking to me from my second home uh, in KZN. I don't know if you're aware, I've, I've been a resident of uh, KZN for the last, uh, what, almost 12 years or so. If I had my way in 2012 or 2013 when I bought property in KZN, if my family had allowed me, I would have been a resident of uh, KZN. I would not really be a politician. But uh, obviously <laughs> being in Joburg forced me into being uh, a politician. But I think my reason for being here at uh, TD is, was the public announcement um, 
proud one for that matter I had to make because I think our latest uh, acquisition itself for me really one of the best. Not obviously, please, uh, anyone to think that our other provincial chairpersons uh, um, are not good. It's just uh, I'm sure you know the, the drama I went through with our original chairperson here in KZN. But I think it's water under the bridge. We all make mistakes as human beings. And uh, we're able to correct them and uh, look at where we ended up. We ended up uh, with the best uh, person. I think uh, I've had an opportunity to work with Zwagele. Um, when I was the uh, the mayor, I used to be invited to to the uh, to DA Fair, Fair, the FedEx and Federal Council, and I can tell you, um, I'm really over the moon regarding uh, my association with Zakwele as our new provincial chairperson. Herman, what would you say of the assertion that it feels like Action SA picks its best lot? out of the DA pond. You speak about the former chairperson of KwaZulu Natal was uh, Dr. Makosi Koza. I do know that there are people from other political parties within Action SA, but the one thing that feels quite definite lately is when young black, particularly black talent, leaves the DA, it makes a beeline for Action SA. One can make an argument that Makashule Ghana is the exception, but by and large, you do see a, a beeline um, of leaders from the DA, Ba Makashwile, Ba Mbalintuli, Ba Pumzile Fandam, or even Lindy or Mazibugo for that matter, making their way to Action SA. Is that the pond? Is that the standard uh, for Action SA? I think, uh, so let's look at it, at, uh, young black guys who joined DA when it was not fashionable. I used to have so much respect for them because uh, these are the guys who at a young age discovered uh, that ANC is not their home and they looked for an alternative and chose the DA. At the time when you were not actually at the time where a DA t-shirt in the township, I'm sure you remember those days. These are the guys that were actually committed uh, to working with a party that at the time they thought uh, shared the same values with them. But I think that I believe the DA used to really be like that. Nobody knows really what happened, particularly to to uh, to Helen, because uh, all these guys you talk to that uh, the Helen of today is not the Helen of yesterday. So something really went wrong. And uh, let's look at it as a human being. When you go out and fish. Are you going to go to the ocean or are you going to go to a desert? So when you go out and fish, you go you go to you go to an ocean. And obviously, I think for us as as Action SA, when we have to really look for committed uh, public servants, those who obviously they have seen that uh, they are not happy with the political establishments in in the country and and are committed to say, where am I going to go? I'm not going to go to the desert. I'm going to go to the ocean. And I can tell you uh, the reason why I'm attracted uh, to, uh, to this DA uh, public representatives, because honestly, if you're looking at committed um, public servants, and I think wh- what is actually encouraging about it is not only black uh, ones that, that are being attracted to Action SA. Watch uh, the space uh, within the next few days, weeks, you are going to see an exodus of both uh, black, white, and everyone from the DA. We will be getting more and more uh, DA people actually joining us. Not because of anything else, because uh, the DA of today is not the DA of yesterday.
So from what you're saying, Herman, you are more than happy to be defined as a DA light. In essence, what you are is that if you're taking the brains from there and you are happy to do so, then what you are trying to emulate is a different version of the DA. Uh, I think anyone would really ever think like that that person will be smoking something because the DA of Helen Zille and the of today and the DA of yesteryear, a totally different ball game whatsoever. Please don't associate uh, Action SA with the current DA of Helen Zille. Uh, we we don't know, we have absolutely no nothing in 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 in, in common with uh, the DA of Helen Zille. Yes, uh, the, the great South Africans who are really frustrated who are in the DA. And if obviously they're happy to join us, uh, we are going to really accept them. But also be fair to, to ourselves. Uh, you look at um, Action SA leadership bases, not only people coming from the DA. It's just so happened that the um, majority of them are coming from the DA because the DA of Helen Zeller today is not the DA of... Uh, yesterday that uh, actually they signed mm. up for. I'll take that. Yet, as Action SA, you're in a partnership with the DA of today. The one that you're saying is not the same as what it stood up, it stood for in the past. How do you then rationalize being in a partnership in the coalition government across several metros with this DA that clearly doesn't stand for the values that it stood for in the past? In fact, people say it's more right-leaning than it's ever been before. I think... Uh... TD, we live in a democratic dispensation, and I think, and I believe all of us, uh, we believe in a democratic uh, system, and uh, we believe uh, the elections that we've had were free and fair. That's why we all endorse them. When the voters obviously put into an environment where you cannot govern on your own, you don't have the luxury of, of, of being arrogant that... Uh, I will not really go into a coalition with all the parties. We made it clear, section I say, will not go into a coalition with the ANC, but other parties and local government, we are happy to, to coalesce with them. Not that uh, we share the same values with them, but they're, they're a better devil. Like I'm sure... Action SA is a better devil to, to the DA as well. It doesn't really matter. As long as please don't associate us with the ANC. The ANC, why I would do everything possible to avoid them. There's a reason I went into politics was to use our democratic uh, uh, dispensation to democratically remove the ANC out of power. So therefore, to be expected to work with the very same party that got me to live my uh, peaceful life. I'm supposed to be in a golf course right now uh, playing <laughs> golf and have a glass of wine. Like you other rich people, doing, I mean, like I'm other doing, rich people, yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing this I'm doing this brutal job of unseating the ANC, but I want to do it in a democratic uh, fashion. Right now, as Action SA, we do not have the numbers, and I can assure you, even come 2024, Action SA is not going to have the numbers to govern on our own. That's why I'm working like a dog to ensure that we can really get uh, to become the biggest political party that must then get other political parties to re actually join up to unseat the ANC. Do you ever regret but that? Does, but that, but uh, obviously, coalescing with those parties, that does not mean that uh, they, they, they share the same values sure. with us. 
they are closer. At least uh, you look at who are the better devil. Do you ever regret things you say in public, some of your utterances? And I ask this woman because you're not politically trained. You're not what your counterparts in the political sphere are. And sometimes you say things that people who study politics would say, mm, it wouldn't be smart to say that because you might live to regret it. Do you ever have moments where you think, Ish, I mean, you, you talk too much, you need to hold back a little bit more um, and you need to be a little bit more circumspect and a little bit more careful with what you say in the public domain? Uh, to be honest with you, my political naivety, I think it's my strength. It's actually one of the biggest assets I have uh, uh, because I'm not here to make friends with anyone. I'm here to really tell this for what it is. Uh, uh, I'm not here to really try and really please anyone. I'm here to really tell, this, tell it as it is. In fact, CD, if you look at the uh, majority of the people that some South Africans uh, take uh, to be seasoned politicians, they're a disgrace to me. <laughs> so I think it, it's a it's a question of interpretation as to who's an experienced politician. I, I'm not. I don't want to be an experienced or corrupt uh, person or a thief. <laughs> if ever, obviously, to being a, a professional politician, you've got to be a thief. You've got to be corrupt. You've got to be immoral. Then, honestly, then I don't want. I don't want that political uh, experience. I'd rather remain natural and really be who I am. What you see, it's, it's what you get. So I'd rather, rather remain like that. So, yes, uh, do I make mistakes in life? I'm a human being. I'm fallible. I make mistakes, but I don't make uh, deliberate mistakes. If ever I've made mistakes where it's necessary for me to apologize, I will apologize. But where I don't have to apologize, I will never apologize. I grew up... Uh, being called a stubborn person throughout my 60s. Look, I mean, I observe you. You remain very stubborn. What are you talking about? Not just growing up. You remain stubborn. Uh, uh, you, are, you are like my wife. Now, my wife, uh, you know, we just celebrated 40 years of our marriage a few months ago. Mm. And everyone spoke, including my wife. Uh, the people saying I'm, I'm stubborn. And I said, guys, no, but this is not fair. I mean... You know, even my wife is now accusing me of being. We stubborn. all now, yes, see it. Yes, TDR. <laughs> uh, no, what, what is stubbornness? I think we must get the Oxford Dictionary. <laughs> I'll find you. I'll WhatsApp you a, a, a definition. But, Emin, I wanted to give you a little bit of background around why I'm asking about whether or not you ever regret some of the utterances that you make and even the observation of being stubborn. As we speak, you and I, your party is going to meet and deliberate over coalitions, but more so the position around the ANC. Your birth mm. and your path towards politics was on a ticket of being anti-ANC. However, you can't erase the ANC from the politics of the day. You also can't paint everybody in the ANC with a singular brush. There are different kinds of people within the ANC, as there are different kinds of people everywhere you go. Now, you find yourself in a situation where you must deliberate over whether or not there'll ever be a willingness to work with the ANC. Now, having said the things that you say about the ANC in the public domain, that makes that conversation really difficult. If Action SA decides, actually, let's open the door to ANC, your utterances, that your utterances often get in the way of the relationship you have with the DA. Look, uh, let me give you some kind of context and background. Uh, sure. You know, which... Uh, I've tried to clarify this with some of the media people where they came out with false accusations that um, 
two of my colleagues who were planning a coup in my absence. Uh, utter rubbish. Fortunate enough, uh, Mercedes, so I've got it in writing uh, because I was approached a day or so before I left by two of my colleagues. So that, you went to uh, Kenya, right? Well, ANC wanted to really have the discussion with them. And the proposal which was uh, put across to me, uh, I said, guys, uh, you know, it's a really very difficult because I was asking questions which uh, they did not have. And it was fair, they did not really have all the answers. And I was unfortunately leaving the following day for, for, for Kenya. I said, guys, go and listen. But if there's anything of substance, Please call um, a Senate meeting and uh, please, it cannot really be a Zoom meeting. Please arrange to really have one-on-one so that Senate can give you the direction. And uh, when I got to Kenya, uh, uh, I contacted the guys. They were still not yet ready to to clarify some of the things that I needed clarity on. So I then wrote to to Senate. I said, guys, I'm not sure if I'll get the signal. Uh, the, the guys have been approached and I've given them the latitude to, to go and listen because I, I, there's no need for me to refuse people to go and listen. And I said, let them go and listen and present it something uh, to, to if it makes sense. But what I'm proud about is the decision that Senate took when uh, the matter was not clear. The Senate said, look, you know what, guys? Action SA is the brainchild of uh, a project called the People's Dialogue where we engage South Africans. We engage them mm. from starting the political party. We engage them when the IEC was making it difficult for us uh, to uh, register our our party and the logo. We engage South Africans after the elections to say, who do we engage with? At the time, I had already said, I can't talk to the ANC, but we said, let's give... Um, our action as an opportunity to give us an sure. input. And that's where the process is. So for anyone, Matsiriso, to say that our guys did not have uh, the mandate, I'm happy uh, to, to uh, any time, you know, to really share this. You can ask any of our Senate members. It, it was a fabrication. It was propaganda. What, what, whoever fed that information to the media that uh, my guys were negotiating without um, my my mandate, it, it is false. They had uh, the mandate to go in and listen, so to go in to listen and go in to really negotiate, because there was no way that anyone, including myself, can go and negotiate with any party without getting the Senate to give you the approval to go and negotiate. So I think it, it was really false, but Coming back to the issue of saying that um, I can't paint uh, the ANC with the same brush. Uh, I'm telling you, for me, as heaven my trouble, uh, as far as ANC is concerned, I don't see any difference. Uh, for for me, they are, are unapologetic. I'll, I'll paint them with the same brush. They, they have to prove me otherwise. So I'm saying is uh, in my personal capacity, unless someone can prove me otherwise, I paint them with the same brush. And what? If- so, so that is that that is my standpoint, and something that I don't uh, really regret. And I'll repeat it as many times as you'd want me to, <laughs> unless until such time that they can prove me otherwise. What happens though if the survey that you've put out says consider ANC? Having said all the things you've said about the ANC, what happens when majority of the Senate says? It's definitely time for us to warm up relations with the ANC. 
Fortunate enough, uh, this matter is not about the Senate. Um, it's about actioners. Um, this party was given the mandate by 2.4 million South Africans. And uh, and some of us came in much uh, later as senators and, and so forth. So we will take guidance uh, from actioners. And obviously, TD, knowing the actioners, uh, in the event the actioners would say going to bed with ANC into a coalition, that I'm happy to step aside. This was just to really confirm, and I'm confirming this to you. And luckily, we had our management meeting. Our guys who is in charge of this project uh, actually is closing, I think, uh, this evening, to 12 o'clock or tonight, closing all the participation so that you can have uh, analyze the information so that by end of this week, at the latest, we can give uh, uh, the report back. And I can tell you with a little bit of uh, insight that I've got, Herman uh, Mashaba is not going anywhere. Action has uh, have, have spoken, but I think let's give them an opportunity to to really give the final testimony uh, until so we will give an official pos- position. What do you make of, of, of the idea that you're a leader who often threatens to walk away from action and say, knowing that it's something that you built? And I imagine if you walked away, Herman, that would probably spell the end of this party. People often say that no. you threaten to walk away almost at all times. You haven't done it, but it's a thing that you seem to dangle over the party quite often. No, I think uh, it, it depends how people read uh, the script. Please read the script uh, properly. This actually uh, says to Herman uh, that he stands on his conviction that actually I so believe in actioners that actioners <laughs> will not want to work with the ANC. It's not uh, a question of Herman wanting to walk away from this movement that is going to unseat the ANC come 2024. So this is actually to to give confidence uh, to, to, to the actioners that as a political party, we stand firm on our principle if it means we must walk away from them. But this was to confirm to anyone that the actioners will not obviously walk away from us because it would not be me walking away. It would really be actioners walking away from us. And, I, and, the, res, and the reason I said this, and I'm saying this to you, is to confirm that I have full confidence with uh, with the support that we're going to, or, or the mandate that we are going to get from actioners. So this is really not a threat. It's just a, really a simple question of conviction that, you know what, I believe very strongly that actioners are not, are not going to do this to us. And if this actually wrong? gives gives me actually majority of people I've spoken to, not uh, those who are always looking for criticism, the naysayers. People I've spoken to, they've confirmed with me, I can show you the hundreds of messages ever since I made this uh, this announcement, how people are saying, Herman, we're really so proud of, of you standing behind the mandate that we gave you. The issue of Discam, you weighed in on the issue of Discam, Herman, and I also couldn't understand where you stood on it considering how unjust and unequal our society is. The idea that this game would want to abide by the law in order to redress some of the things that have gone wrong in South Africa's legacy and also and also to give a leg up to formerly disadvantaged communities. That seemed to be something that was at very much at odds with what you believe in. 
How do you then resolve the issues that are facing us broadly? Because the one thing about you, and like Shina say, we know where you stand on issues of crime. We know where you stand on issues of migration. Social justice. Social justice. Mm. Yeah, so I think, uh, please, uh, I'm sure, CD, you read uh, my um, Twitter uh, line, including what I'm, I'm going to tell you. Um, and, I, and I stand by this, that um, we look at uh, what this affirmative action has really done uh, to, to our people, where uh, we are being abused by the system as tokens. Uh, some of us are taken as um, what uh, Tony Leon called and Ellen Zeller called experiments and so forth. We, we've got it to was go Douglas Gibson. That, Hold on, it was Douglas Gibson. I'm the person he said it to. It wasn't Tony Leon. It wasn't Helen. There might be problematic. It was Douglas Gibson to EWN, actually. Let's take it. It is Gibson. What I'm trying to say is we sit in a situation where I'm sure you know I've been an employer for many years, employing lots of people, and and to really look at what this affirmative action has actually done to our people. And I'm saying to you, Diskem, if you obviously you are sitting with this problem, that means you are not really focused on on, on training and development so that, uh, you know, people actually, because I expect you, we expect you as an organization, take people on the basis of merit. Don't just take them as as token, as as experiments. So I'm saying that means you actually have really failed uh, to really do your job to ensure that uh, our people got get the right training so that when you put them in jobs, you don't put them in jobs uh, as a token. So I think uh, from that point of view, I don't really believe there's anyone who would really not really uh, really support that. Unless obviously the direct uh, beneficiaries of the system that has created the the current political, I mean, I mean, economic conundrum we're sitting with. We're sitting with over 12 million of our people unemployed. South Africa is in a junk status. No one wants to invest in, in South Africa. We are not creating a conducive environment to attract investment in South Africa. Uh, totally unnecessary because we are prepared to cooperate with, with laws that are unjust. So in the law that, that is not working for South Africa, this law is not working for South Africa. It's not working for us as, as, as black people. We want, as a, I want for me as a black person, and I'm sure and believe majority of black people want to really be able to say when, when uh, you, you, you are a CEO or you are a director of a particular company, you are not taken there, not because of uh, 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 an experiment. You are taken because you are the best person for the job. I think that's where your political naivety comes into play. Uh, I mean, I have to actually say that because you equate BEE or affirmative action with tokenism as if on paper it's without merit. And it's not without merit. It has to be appointments with merit in mind. Where I can accept the argument is that the system has been abused. But to completely disregard it based on the fact that it's been abused doesn't necessarily speak to redress. That's just my five cents on it, is that I think it is unfair to equate it to just pure tokenism. But I don't want to... But but the thing is, uh, uh, look, 
Right now, 28 years into our democracy, we're sitting with 12 million of our people unemployed. We're sitting with an economy that is not really functioning because we are not seeing investments coming into the country and so forth. And lots of factors uh, are contributing to this. You can't just obviously attribute this uh, to affirmative action programs be draconian labor laws. I mean, our labor laws are draconian, driven by COSATU and the big business. You remember some few years ago, using my own resources, uh, I took Section 32 of the Labor Relations Act, which was actually working against uh, SMMEs uh, and unemployed people because big business and and COSATU will connive uh, to sign agreements and expect everyone to... uh, who's in that particular sector to really be signate as if they were signatory to that. I thought this, as when I was the chairman of the Free Market Foundation, what I'm saying is when at, uh, here we've got experience of the saying that this is not really working. Whether you can say, um, you can give me ev- every reason in the world. It's like what the, the communists will always tell you. They know they've got great policies is the implementation. If a policy cannot be implemented, then you can't say it's a good policy. It's like communism. I'm telling you, communism is one of the most wonderful system men can ever think of. But can you apply it? It, it can. You cannot apply communism. So there are certain things in life which they are good on paper, but practically, South Africans have had enough, particularly the the, 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 the marginalized, the uneducated, because every time the economy suffers, who who, who gets who are the biggest victims? Our own people in the in the, in, the, in, in in our communities with no skills, with no education, because uh, the failure of business to attract investments, the failure of um, uh, South Africa, the South African economy growing, who suffers? The people who are uneducated with no skills, and uh, we we cannot. Uh, keep on really saying no, uh, is the, the policy is good, it's the implementation that is wrong. If I think it's wrong, it's wrong. We must just get rid of it and really try something else. It, I mean, Einstein said, you 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 can't uh, really uh, keep on really doing the same thing and expect the different results. That's the definition of stupidity. I mean, I want to, um, I'm, I'm, I'm winding down, so I'm going towards an ending. I want to go back to the issue of the ANC versus the DA in terms of working relationships. The conversation in your party, from what I understand, is that it doesn't have to be a coalition relationship with the ANC. You could have what you had with the EFF when you were in the DA, where if you agree on certain points, you then support each other in council. There is that conversation, but since you stand firmly where you do, as far as the ANC is concerned, I then have to read from that is that the coalitions in the state that they're in, the acrimonious relationship we have with the DA, that will just simply continue. Is that it? Well, I uh, uh, really hope that one day um, a DA, obviously Helen being the person responsible, it's up to the DA to continue having Helen uh, as their leader because it's fortunate enough it's uh, benefiting us and benefiting us uh, enormously. But uh, the relationship with uh, with with uh, um, with the with the ANC, uh, whether it's formal or informal, it's a very dangerous one. Uh, so you can imagine. Um, 
for us as a section SA, we are given any municipality to run and we're relying on ANC uh, to survive. And also now ANC for them to survive, they've got to rely on us. And you know the level of corruption that's happening in our municipalities. Now tell me, what must we do? Because uh, if uh, if uh, you raise the question of blatant corruption that's happening, because obviously you are nursing the numbers, you must keep quiet. Honestly, CD, uh, uh, that is not going to happen. For as long as uh, this body and soul of him and Mashaba is together, I will never accept uh, something like, like like that. I, I worked uh, perfect with the EFF. Over the three years, I was accused of uh, corruption with the EFF, and I can stand in front of the tallest building in the world. They've written, but uh, my chief of staff wrote the book, and I've written about this. The EFF in the three years, I was the mayor of the city of Johannesburg. Not once, not single ones where the EFF has ever come and discussed a tender with me. Not not once. It was totally EFF were the, were, the, were the most supportive. And I'm and I'm not saying EFF is not corrupt. I can't speak for them. I read about uh, certain things and so forth. But for me right now, I don't have any evidence of the corruption of the EFF. I will be lying, and I'm not really prepared to 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 lie. EFF uh, really supported uh, our programs. We engaged. They guided me a lot. I learned so much from them from when it Malayam actually and came to, to the plight of people are got into into government uh, on on their behalf, where they will obviously open my eyes uh, to really get, um, to the realities, the lived realities of of our of our people. So that's why at the local government level, I've always said that, uh, and I'm saying to you that uh, EFF at local government level, uh, uh, they they were the most of all the political parties I worked with. EFF were the most supportive when they did not agree with something. I'm telling you, they will not just really say. They will engage you, show you the reason why they will not uh, support a particular uh, program. And uh, and I will accept. Sometimes I'll be happy. Sometimes I will not really be. But one thing for sure, we learn to compromise. And they were the most compromising political party that uh, in a coalition government I've ever worked with. I imagine this is why you continue batting for them. You've had run-ins with the coalition government, with the DEA, trying to get them to hear EFF out and to work better with the EFF. Well, uh, uh, look, just to give you an example of Ekuruleni, when, uh, uh, you remember, I, I had a press conference uh, beginning of the year after yes. we concluded all, uh, mm. all our three metros. But, I mean, I said to the DA and our coalition partners, I said, what are we trying to do here? We're forming a minority government. I mean, that's, uh, honestly, this government will collapse any time. And you know what happens a few weeks later? EFF and NC took all the the, the, the committee um, of chairs the chairperson the because they've got the numbers and I raised this matter and but I said guys it's not up up to me it's up to you as the DA and other coalition partners if you don't want to work with the EFF. I can't really force you to, sure. uh, to really work with them. Sure. You mentioned Helen Ziller a lot and how Helen Ziller seems to be the obstacle as a leader of the DA. What is your engagement like with John Stianazen? 
And I, I don't need to back this up. It's a simple question, but I am thinking about Musi's era because we had coalitions during Musi's era. And he seemed to be front and center of conversations about what needed to happen. What is your observation of the federal lead of the DA as, as, as it stands? I, I don't know. I might really be wrong. Uh, uh, we, we've got John Steen Hazen. I don't know who he reports to, but one thing for sure, anything that doesn't pass uh, Helen's test uh, doesn't pass in the DA. Okay, and the future of Action SA, Hammond, you are working very hard. I know you've got 2024 in mind. The arrival of people like Bongani Baloyi of Ethel Trollope, again, the DA Pond, those people, from what I understand, is part of the vision towards the future. Just your parting shots about where Action SA is going. Well, uh, uh, TD, I'm really proud uh, that uh, yesterday we announced uh, Zwakele for um, the uh, KZN was the eighth uh, provincial chairperson, going to be in Cape Town to announce uh, the Western Cape provincial chairperson. All nine provinces, Action SA will have nine provincial chairpersons. And a week later, I'm going to have a one-week uh, start session with them now to, to really give them the matching orders. So uh, matching orders to prepare for 2024, starting with 2023, because uh, I want by next year, this time, Action SA is represented in every street, in every village, in every suburb. Uh, the wall-to-wall structures, focusing mainly on voter registration. We want uh, the biggest budget of our marketing must go towards uh, bringing South Africans back into the democratic process for people to actually realize the power of uh, their vote, that the power of their vote is the one that's actually going to change uh, the future of this country for my grandchildren. All right, thank you so much. That's Action SA leader Herman Mashaba joining us. He is out in KZN, growing KZN, and announcing, of course, that Zwakele Mwango, former leader of the DA, former leader in the in the provincial legislature in KZN, who is now the chairperson of Action SA in KZN. Interesting happenings on the ground. That's Action SA's Herman Mashaba throwing hands, as they say, saying he will never work with the ANC, insisting he will walk away. Let me tell you, people in his party say that's just all talk. So we need to stick around and see how that picture unfolds. It's also a wrap of this episode. Catch us again next week. This podcast was produced by Dudu Masuku and Amu Ramela. For Eyewitness News, my name is Tzidi Madia. Mm-hmm.